I love the sponta spontaneity. Thank you for being so flexible, guys. Couldn't do this with the other 50 folk, eh? The flexible ones have remained at home, you see. <laughs> no, but seriously, I, I had one, like this whole week, I love the songs that Bryson that you chose. The ly lyrics are so powerful. Um, like it reminds me so much of Wednesday when about five or six people just got up and started to share about their chains being broken and uh, on the theme of the night. So believers in the room were standing up and going like, my Egypt or my slavery or my chain was this once. And because of the blood of Jesus and meeting him and then living in him and staying in him, I live in this freedom now. And it was so powerful because guys were just sharing spontaneously. And, um, and I love that just this morning, again, this reminder of there's nothing that we can do. This is what makes us unique as followers of Christ. In every faith, religion, whatever, whatever you're going for in this world today, whatever you're making your life's purpose, everything is striving in your own strength, except for what we get to live in. It's got nothing to do with you, Liam, as amazing as you are. You couldn't do anything in your own strength, and me too. And uh, like this week's just been such a reminder of that. And um, I had this question for us this whole week, and it's very simply... Uh, are you born again? Born of the Spirit. Are you born again? Born of the Spirit. It's kind of two in one. Because most people, what does it mean to be born again? I was born once. I'm born again. I mean, it doesn't make sense, you know? So I'm going to read a well-known portion of Scripture. And for those of you who love the Chosen series, you'll know this amazing part of the series around a man named Nicodemus. You can read with me, John. Chapter 3, 1 to 21. It's quite a chunk, so follow with me. I'm just going to read it once and then pick it apart a little bit. Uh, it's John 3. Okay, verse 1 to about 20, 21. All right. So now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, teacher, we know that you're a teacher who's come from God. For no one could perform the signs you're doing if God were not with him. And Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. So then he asks Nicodemus, How can someone be born when they're old? <clears throat> Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. So Jesus answered in verse 5, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Because flesh gives birth to flesh, and the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at me saying, you must be born again. Because the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it's come from, or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Nicodemus asked, how can this be? And Jesus said, you're Israel's teacher, and you don't understand these things. Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know. And we testify to what we've seen. But still you people do not accept our testimony. I've spoken to you of earthly things and you still do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven. The son of man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the son of man must be lifted up 
that everyone who believes may have eternal life in Him. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through His Son. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict, Jesus said. Light has come into the world, but the people love darkness instead of the light, because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Okay, stopping there. So who is Nicodemus? Who's seen him in series like The Chosen? Anyone seen that portion of the series? Old gray man, teacher wise. He was a Pharisee, so and he's a member of a of an ancient sect, if you want to call it that, a Jewish sect. And they were distinguished as Pharisees, as those who kept an observance of the law, very strict traditional following of the law. Uh, Jesus described him in verse one as a teacher. Jesus said, you're a teacher, Uh, you're a leader of the Jewish people. So he was a high-ranking teacher and also a member of the Sanhedrin, which was the the council that actually gave the law and the judiciary. If you think of a a Marius, an advocate writing laws, and uh, this man was well-educated, he was well-established, he was um, potentially quite wealthy and well-known. And I just loved seeing him in the flesh as portrayed in that series because it was just such a beautiful part to see this man, uh, Nicodemus, who asked incredible questions, who came seeking and searching for answers. And uh, the key question is, how can someone be born when they're already old in verse 4? Well, Jesus Jesus made this statement, so we can trust this statement. But, But... this question that Nicodemus was asking, I want us to see that the, the reason he asked, how can one be born again, is because his actual question is the question that's in every human being's heart, is how can I have everlasting life? How can I, how can I find eternal life? How can I find more meaning and purpose beyond our, our earthly experience? So the deeper question there is, I want to know what this, I want the answers to life, you know, even as the great teacher of Israel, Nicodemus, who's working hard to keep all these laws and do everything right. I want to know that I can have salvation in eternity. And Jesus says, we need to be born again. And he's, he's baffled, like, I was probably baffled hearing that as, as a youngster myself. Didn't, can't, can't make sense without the Spirit entering and making it alive, as we know. So the question again is, are you born again? And uh, when Taryn and I were born again, second time there was a, a a man by the name of Mark and Anne my sister will remember Mark married us short little Greek Lebanese guy <laughs> yeah, but don't get on his wrong side he was a fiery little <laughs> Greek Lebanese man he was very naughty in his business days and Natal he was from the same province as me and uh, and then he got touched by the spirit of God wow. and his entire life changed 
and we knew him as a preacher, as an elder. Haley was with us in that church plant in Milton. And the one day when the prayer meeting, because we'd started the church and it was like just the, the 20, 30 core guys and it was like, right, now we're here. we got the venue. We're we, we trusting God to, to reach people. And Taryn was freezing as usual, didn't bring a jersey in the school hall and she's like rattling. And Max just put his jersey around her and gave her a hug. And something in his spirit leapt and said, this is a special young lady. I said, I know, I know. Means marry her now. I <laughs> said, so, I know, I know. But I'm like clueless, so help me. And they did help us. But um, when he used to pray in uh, tongues, often he would just, he would just in, in, the, in the spirit, he would just bob, 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 bob. Like, and he couldn't get words out because he was so f- overflowing with the life of God and the spirit of God. And, and he explained this born again experience to me so well. Very simple, actually. He said, Neil, your spirit man is dormant before meeting Jesus. Like, and I always picture a dormant volcano. It's got the potential to blow up, but it's dormant, you know. And then the Spirit of God makes your spirit alive. Your spirit man comes alive. Now you're like a raging volcano. But it's not lava. It's the Spirit of God living in you. You're truly born again. And without that, Jesus said, no one else, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. You cannot know salvation. You cannot live an eternal life. And that sucks. That sucked to me and to Taryn. And to many of us, maybe some of us are still grappling with that question. I don't know everyone today and where we're at. But the interesting thing for me is that in that, in that series, as the Nicodemus story is played out, there's a, there's a, he just, Jesus was ready, man. Him and his disciples, you know, they'd given up everything to follow Jesus. And they were going. They were on their way. And Nicodemus gave a glance. It was as if Jesus said, you've heard me teach. You've seen me now. You've touched me. Uh, you can come, come follow. And he just, in that moment, he just couldn't follow because the cost was so great, right? He, he, it, it would have been too great a cost to drop everything he knew and who he was because he had massive reputation, right? And I think of the early disciples who followed Jesus. They had very little reputation. Uh, I mean, probably most of us can relate. You know, drop being a tax collector, Matthew, or fisherman, and I've got nothing. I've got nowhere to sleep tonight, but nor do you, Jesus. I'm, I'm going to follow you, teacher. And there's, there's less cost. But when the cost is high, it's what I remembered through. It's, it's, it's quite something to drop everything when you have status or reputation in your city or wealth or family that you know is going to turn their back on you from the day and the moment you. I mean, we've got Dale's, te- I've heard Dale's testimony, an old friend, and hearing him on radio once sharing, I was like, some people have had these most amazing testimonies of the cost of following Jesus and what that's looked like in your community and friends. And that can only happen when you, when you truly see the Lord in his, in his flesh, in the, in the life of Jesus flowing through his veins. So Nicodemus' story. When you think of his questions, and I'm going to go back to just two highlighted points. You can go back to verse 7, 8, sorry. Jesus said, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from, where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. And um, there's something there of, there's a mystery to being filled with the Spirit of God. There's a mystery. We, we, we can't see, I can feel the wind. I'm so glad it's here this morning. I can feel it. I know it. I don't know where it's come from, where it's going. I have a sense of the direction, but there's wind. There's wind because 
there's still life on this earth, you know. God of the universe is still holding everything together. Yes. The Creator Amen. is still holding Amen. everything together. But the Spirit of God is, he's, he's explained to Nicodemus, it's like the wind. It's given him an earthly picture and still he's struggling with this concept because we're so used to having everything explained and being able to touch everything and understand but that doesn't weigh up in the kingdom of God. It's, it's opposites. We, we lose understanding. We, we lose reason. And we follow in faith. And even if we feel the wind like right now, you'll know when you've met the Holy Spirit. You'll know when your dormant spirit has been made alive. You'll know when you're truly born again. Um, so I ask you that question, almost like felt this week, like almost an examination of our hearts. And uh, even though we've, been, we've known Jesus for many years, it's such a healthy thing to examine our hearts. Scripture says, examine your hearts. Uh, that's why we have accountability that Carl can check in. Neil, how are you doing? I can say to my friend, Carl, how are you doing? How is your walk? Are you, are you feeling close to the Lord? Uh, is the Holy Spirit still uh, leading your every moment of your life? Is he, and this is so important for us. And then in verse 13, uh, let me, yeah. <laughs> The famous scripture of John 3.16, For God so loved the world, that He gave His only Son, that none would perish. His heart is that none would perish. None would perish. But have eternal life. His, God's heart is that we would have eternal life. We wouldn't perish. But without eternal life, the reality is we will perish. So you know, we are definitely not human beings having a temporary spiritual experience on earth it's totally the opposite way around right as Wilma Ray used to say we are spiritual beings essentially spiritual beings having a temporary human experience you know if you think of our life on the speck it's so small man like a little fingernail in eternity is our human experience it's tiny it matters so little but we do make so much of it but actually God's heart is that this in this little life that we'd come to know the one who made us. And it's only by being born again, born of the Spirit of God. And um, I want to show you how that looks and how we know. It's not a checklist. The Bible doesn't have checklists. But if you look at uh, the first letter of John in the, at, towards the end of the New Testament, in the first letter of John, he's now an old grandfather writing almost a love letter. It's full of topic of love. It's written to believers. It's written uh, to Christians. And it's almost as if as an aging writer, he's making a point of saying, believers, make certain and make, make an assurance of your faith. Make certain that you're in the light, not the dark. Make certain that you're in Jesus is, is the love and not hatred. So if you, you could almost draw a line down one John and put on the one side, life of God, the other side, those perishing. He makes it very clear. And one of the things he does is he... Um, he gives us these assurances, and it's about the fruit that our life is um, bearing. Thanks, Lim. And so I'm going to ask five questions and then conclude. Okay. Do you honestly believe the gospel, the good news of Jesus? So many of the songs we sung, the lyrics, were, were the good news this morning. What you've done for us, that you broke the chains, the, the blood of Jesus. Do we believe that? Firstly, in history, these are historical moments. The tomb, empty grave, the cross. What we're celebrating this weekend is part of history. Yes. Not just our history or biblical. It is a 
it is factual. So we've got to do something with the facts. We've either got to believe it or ignore it. But there's consequences for every decision, right? So the first question is, do we honestly believe the good news? Not just an acknowledgement of truth, because mentally we can believe stuff, right? And uh, appreciate and believe it. But actually a heart belief, a heart belief, the gospel, it changes our lives. And our values become God's values. And we, need, we live that out daily. We live that out. First question. Secondly, your life will show if you believe or not. Because Jesus said, by, the, by your fruit, they will know you. By your fruit, by the, li- by the life you live, the, the world will know you. Yeah. And they'll know him. They'll see him. Yeah. So there should be growing evidence of fruit in our life. Galatians also says, uh, fruit of the Spirit. The growing and a maturing fruit of the Spirit in your life, Paul writes in Galatians. That's an assurance that you've been born again. And that yeah. the Lord is doing stuff th- in your life, through your life. Second, third question. Do you have a, a deep hunger to know the Word of God? Do you have a deep hunger to know the Word of God? A real assurance that you're born again of the Spirit. And, uh, okay, fourth question. Do you have an anticipation in your heart about the return of Christ? The return of the King. Coming this time on a horse, not a donkey like when he arrived. Not in a way that didn't look like a king. This time... He'll be a king. There's no, there's no doubt about it. Returning with an army, angelic hosts, ready to sort out problems in the world. We don't need to rely on governments or world orders. We don't need to worry about politics. He's going to come back and sort everything out. Right? It's okay. Like, it's so freeing to rest in that. I, I, don't, I, don't, I honestly don't get perturbed by the news. I honestly can say today that nothing bothers me. <laughs> I'm actually glad for all the chaos of the last three years. Because even more now, it's like, seen it all. What next? I'm looking to that day. And that is a sure sign that we're born again of the Spirit. The Spirit of God will protect us. Man, the disciples had nowhere to sleep. Nowhere to put their head tonight. They followed Him with joy and expectation and faith. I want to live more like that. I don't know about you guys. That's the most beautiful. And if you want to live a safe life, that's the safest place to be. It's following Jesus, right? all the way to the end till he comes and, I, and, and two more three more questions are you ever upset with yourself when you fall short of God when you fall short of his values when you sin when you miss the mark do you feel oh Lord because that means Christ is on the throne of your heart he knows that we're going to sin and mess up we're, we're on a journey to full salvation and perfection but if it doesn't bother, bother us if, we, if we're not being convicted of sin or falling short of God's standards, if we're not bothered by it, it means we haven't been born again of the Spirit. Because when we are born again of the Spirit, the Lord sits on the throne of our heart and convicts us. The Spirit whispers, oh, Neil, that was, you need, you need to ask for forgiveness. You need to apologize. You need to, he speaks, he leads because the Spirit of God is living in us, right? And do you love others who love God? So you'll see that theme in 1 John. That actually there's such an evidence of salvation in how we relate to one another. If you cannot love the people of God and give your life to us, then you, you're probably not born again by the Spirit of God, right? It is a, it's a fruit and it's an evidence. Um, do you enjoy being around other believers? I know we, we all don't love, you know, we've, we've got our, <laughs> we're human beings still, so... You know, I might not get on that well with Bryce. I mean, 
you know. <clears throat> he's a great muser, he's a lovely guy, but there's some, sometimes he wouldn't be my natural friend. I'm just using him as a dog. Like, I mean, supports a terrible football team, number one. <laughs> but, but there's something of the Spirit of God that connects us. Yeah. And maybe before, I wouldn't have, we wouldn't have even noticed each other. Because yeah. maybe he didn't work in my environment or drink the coffee that I drink at the coffee shop. But the evidence of the Spirit of God is that He's made us family, friendship, love, a love that speaks volumes to the world. And people go, what is that? No, it's not something we've done in our strength. It's something that the Spirit of God has done in us because we are born again of the Spirit. And the last question, do you have a conscious awareness that the Spirit is at work in our lives? John writes in 1 John, we, we know that we have been, to paraphrase, that we know we live in him because he has given us, we know that we live in him because he has given us of his spirit. So there, is there an awareness of the spirit in our life? There was someone who wrote a book years ago. Uh, he used to, I think it was called Good Morning, Holy Spirit. I think it was a book that was used very powerfully in its time. But waking up, first thing before coffee, before Kissing your kids if you're a parent, but good morning, Holy Spirit, you know. I'm so, excuse me, I'm so aware of you in my life. Yeah. <laughs> these are signs. It's just, it's, just like, it's, it's kind of like a, it's not a checklist. We have to get these things right. But these are signs. If you're asking that very first question, am I born again? Am I born of the Spirit? These are the evidences. This is going to give you a marker as, hey, maybe I'm not. Maybe the Lord is needing to take me first through that decision and into that place so that these things that Neil's speaking about can become part of my life. Or you've forgotten some of them. And maybe there's just a distance between you and the Holy Spirit and you can come close to Him again today. So as in concluding, what, what have you got to lose? I touched on the disciples. They had nothing to lose. So often we ask, what, when we make big decisions, what have I got to lose here? We weigh up these decisions. Well, I want to say we've got everything to gain. Because no matter what happens in this life, temporary human experience, we've got everything to gain for eternity and eternity is never ending. We've got everything to gain. We've got life eternal to gain. We've got, uh, it, it, we've got an eternal perspective to gain by, by making a, a quality decision to make sure that we're born again of the Holy Spirit. And we will truly be those that are called children of God. Because those, those are those who are called children of God. Those who have the Spirit of God are known as the children of God. Not the whole world. Not everyone is a child of God, I'm afraid to say. So, what have you to lose? What is the cost? So many times, you'll hear people saying, the grace of God, which is His undeserved favor that he gives us when he gives us a spirit is nothing that we can do he gives it as a free gift if we believe and in faith receive that free gift it may seem like it's a cheap offering but it's not the grace is freely available but it's not cheap and that's where the cost comes in there's a cost to following jesus but his grace is available not not cheap but freely available there's a big difference so just to drop that thought in your mind Come, let's stand together. Stretch our legs. I know it's hot. Guys, we've been 
we've been uh, super blessed by this weather. So where do you stand today? <laughs> so I just want to finish with coming back to Nicodemus. There's a lot of theories of whether he did know the Lord, did meet him, and that he is in eternity today. I know where I stand. I can see evidence for both. But he did do a remarkable thing later in Jesus' life. And that the very tomb that Jesus was buried in was uh, he, Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea were the ones. Joseph gave his tomb to Jesus, a wealthy businessman. And Nicodemus brought the spices to wrap the body up. Very, very expensive spices, I might add. And so for him to do that, as Israel's teacher, Pharisee, to come to the tomb and do that for Jesus, he was severely impacted by that question and answer session that we read earlier. And for me, it's just such a wonderful thing because we might meet him in eternity, Nicodemus. We may. And uh, the ordinary people had little to lose, the early disciples. But for him, the religious leader of the day, there was caution as, as they looked to Jesus. There was caution. They were intrigued, were certainly intrigued by his message. But because of their reputation and their place in society, Many people like Nicodemus kept their distance because of the cost. <laughs> because in those days, to be associated with what they would, they would see as a, as a fanatic. Jesus was a fanatic. <laughs> it was very controversial. And uh, it will be controversial for us too. But this is important to say. So where do we stand today? Going back to 1 John 5.11, John writes, God gave us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. So the life that we get, the new birth from, from the Spirit, we get it because the Spirit of God unites us with His Son. Yes, That's the message. And John also writes that everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. So come, let's, let's just close our eyes and... I'm going to end there. Okay, guys. All right. Now, uh, thank you, Lord, for your word. I want to thank you for what uh, John wrote, what's been preserved over time, this beautiful message. And we want to thank you that uh, we have an example like Nicodemus who questioned and tested things and wanted to know. And I know, Lord, that you've put in every single one of us a, a curiosity and a searching heart. We, we've designed and we've made to, to find our purpose and our meaning. We created that in every single person, uh, in, in, in the whole of humankind. But I know, Lord, that the answer is found in your son, Jesus. The answer is found in your life-giving spirit. And so I want to ask for us, Lord, for your, your children and our visitors that are here this morning on this Passover weekend, that your Holy Spirit would move even now and you would do something fresh in our hearts. You draw your children into a greater depth of relationship with you. So I want to pray that over us. But then I want to ask that if any of you are in the shoes of Nicodemus asking that question, how can I have eternal life? How can I live? In, how can I be sure that when I end, when my days are numbered in this life, how can I be assured that I will have a meaningful life, an eternal life, and I can go on living in full health 
forever and ever and ever. In a new created world, there's no more pain, no more suffering, no more viruses, <laughs> no more tears of sadness, just joy. As we look at the one who created the sun and the stars, <laughs> can you imagine looking in his face? There'll be no need for the sun, the Bible says, because there will be light, pure light. The one who created the sun is light. There's no need. No need for the sun, no need for the stars. It won't be dark. No need for the moon. He created that for us. The creator of the universe has a way to take you into eternal life. And it's to receive by faith the sacrifice of his son Jesus. You're truly born again. Have a spirit enter and make you alive in Christ Jesus. So I want to ask if, if there's anyone that has never been certain that they're born again, doesn't know that their spirit has been uh, made alive from their dormant state, uh, it would be my pleasure to pray with you today and trust that the Holy Spirit would come and make alive your spirit, that you may truly know Him, that you may truly be sure. So can I ask, if there is anyone, I, I'm going to ask that you would come to me afterwards and let me pray for you. Okay? And then just for His children, for the church, for us, uh, I want to be bold and say, if you have felt that the Holy Spirit hasn't been active in your life, That's right. when you ask those questions, like, I believe there's more. I want Him to be leading me, convicting me. I want to be close to Him. I want, I want to know Him better. I know that I've been born again, but I want to know Him better. Won't you spend some time around Bryce and I, even now, just to allow us just to pray for you, just to reignite the Holy Spirit's presence in your heart. And we'd love to do that. And, uh, and we'll trust that he'll, he will work in hearts. So even if it's one or two people, don't be afraid. Love to pray for you. We're going to end and eat food and drink. But uh, that question, we want to lay hands on you. If you're a child of God, you want the Holy Spirit active. You want to wake up. Holy Spirit, good morning. You want to, you want to know his presence. You want to know his uh, convicting voice. Shift here, change here. I've got more for you here. We'll be led by the voice of your Father. It starts with the, the Holy Spirit in your everyday life. So come, we're privileged to pray for you. Don't worry about people. There's no one else here today but us. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.